0: Hello and welcome to Teacher Talks. I am your host, Katherine Miller, founder of Teacher to Teacher Wellness, an online community devoted to the well-being of teachers everywhere. Together, we focus on the physical health, mental health, and financial health in order to cultivate a life full of purpose, keeping you fed and fulfilled day after day, year after year. Thank you for joining us today. I am so excited that you found us. Welcome to Teacher Talks. Hi, Catherine. Here I am. Super excited to bring you the episode this week. This is a really special interview with um, one of my friends, Annie Berner, and she is just a wonderful wealth of knowledge in all things integrative health. And so, if you have ever been wondering about meditation or energy, healing or uh, crystals and and how that works with the body and what that actually does. This is the episode that you don't want to miss. So keep listening and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Teacher Talks. I am your host, Katherine Miller, founder of Teacher to Teacher Wellness. This week, we are going to explore new ways to release your stress using alternative healing modalities with our special guest, Annie Berner. Annie is an integrative health practitioner and medical intuitive specializing in calming and rebalancing techniques of the whole person through the nervous system. Beginning her career as a neurological therapist, she then pursued licensing in body work and integrative therapies at the National University of Health Sciences in Lombard, Illinois, and additional NST Bowen training in UK and in Switzerland. Offering a sustainable approach to holistic health and wellness, Annie is known for her expertise in treating pain, anxiety, PTSD, and chronic illness. Having found answers, to some significant health challenges for herself and for her children. Her daily mission is to help clients find answers to their health and wellness concerns that are affordable, empowering and sustainable. She is continually pursuing training and research to bring the most effective therapies and tools to her clients while focusing on practical support in the way of maintenance care workshops and an open line of communication questions and referrals with complimentary practitioners, and Annie has been in practice in Nashville, Tennessee since 2010, and is available for in-office visits and virtual sessions, as well as speaking engagements, workshops, and retreats. Annie, welcome to Teacher Talks. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so
1: much for having me. It's just, it's great to be here. I love your show. I love what you're doing,
0: and it's an honor to be a part of it. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And we're excited to, or I am super excited to have you educate us on the way of integrative healing for stress, because there are all kinds of different things that, uh, that we just don't even think about that are accessible to.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I think the, one of the things that I love about what you're doing is, you know, there's, there's a theme with anybody who does pretty much any job, it's like that thing gets kind of left out of your own life. So like teachers are so focused on giving and serving, um, constantly. And it's like, it obviously it's, you know, not just in the classroom, but then there's so much work to do outside of the classroom as well. And it's, it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle of all of that. So, yeah. Um, so I love that you're taking the time to focus on this and I'm, um, I've always been a teacher of one kind or another, um, yeah. not in the traditional classroom. Always. I was, I did do, um, I spent a year as a special needs specialist in a, in a K through eight school. And I kind of floated to different classrooms and things, but, um, but teaching fine arts and things like that is something I've, I've always done. And then certainly the last, um, 10 years I've been doing a lot of teaching and it's just something that I love and I'm passionate
0: about. So I love serving other teachers. Awesome. Well, thank you. Let's start with the idea of meditation. What can you tell us about meditation? What is it and what does it do for stress relief?
1: Okay. So meditation um, specifically, like if you look up the definition, um, because I did, I thought, I'm just going to look up what Webster has to say about it. Mm -hmm. So it's a continued or extended thought reflection or contemplation or spiritual introspection is, is sort of the definition, right? Um, There's, and there are a couple different ways to look at it. I think one of the things that I want to point to initially, as we go through all of this today is the, really the framework of what makes us up as a human being, because that explains why this is helpful. So, you know, this is something that we're, the model that I'm about to kind of put out there is something that most uh integrative therapists agree on at this point and i i think it's some it's important to say this is what we know at this moment because we're constantly learning new things right so at this moment this is this is what we you know a lot of us believe to be the truth and that is that you know sort of the main parts of the human being our our, our physical body of course we think about that mm-hmm. um our mental intellectual state, our emotions, our emotional state, um, and our spiritual, the spiritual part of us, and then the social part of us or the connectivity, like where we need to be able to connect. Um, those are all integral parts of the human being. And you really, they're inextricable. You They're all interwoven and you can't separate them. And yet, we're so culturally conditioned to look at them all very separately, but they're not separate at all. (laughs) So, um, and, and what we are looking at clinically is it appears at this point that all of those things are woven together and actually connect into the physical body. So your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs, your spirit, okay. Connects into the physical body and the nervous system specifically. That's the model that we're looking at at the moment. Obviously, I think that as we continue to learn more, we're going to expand that further and we're going to understand maybe something completely different, but at this point, um, that's, what, that's what we're understanding. So if you think of it that way, so your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs, um, your soul or your spirit, you know where that's like connecting into your physical body, we're really looking at our physical body as giving us the signs and symptoms of what's happening in those other parts of us. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, so really our physical body is sort of the end result of what's happening in all of those other areas. Um, So when it comes to meditation, we really, we want to look at that for what it is. There can be a lot of baggage around that word um, Mm -hmm. for people coming from different walks of life and faith and whatever. But if we're really looking at it just as what it, it is without kind of putting anything else on it. It's really just reflection, um, extended thought. So that's something that we really need as a human being. We need to be able to um, have peace in our minds. We have to be able to. um, One thing that I love, and and this is sort of what I go back to all the time, is prayer versus meditation. Mm -hmm. And that they're two different things. And prayer is very active in that, um, now this is general, you guys. So like, (laughs) this isn't, this isn't, I'm not saying this is the only truth about it, but I do like this a lot. So prayer Mm -hmm. is more like praise. You're asking, you're talking, you know, seeking, Mm -hmm. and then meditation is the act of listening. And so I really like to look at it that way. And I find it to be very therapeutic and the feedback I get from clients kind of putting it into that perspective. Um, Mm -hmm is seems to be very positive. So again, those are a few different ways to, to look at meditation, but that's that's the basis of it, but it's very um, it's important to our nervous system. So from a physiological standpoint, Mm -hmm. it's very calming because we're kind of stopping the chatter. We're getting ourselves into a place where we can sort of observe our thoughts um, almost like without judgment you know, without judging the thoughts, just sort of kind of get curious about them and, and observe them. Like you're watching cars go back and forth on a road or something. Um, And it's very calming and soothing to the nervous system to not be amped up and think, and you know, your mind racing, right. And thinking um, through so many different things, it gives us a chance to like, Ooh, calm and, and, um, and not feel like we've got to
0: accomplish something with our, with our mind. Yeah. Yeah. I know that for a lot of people, that is the hardest part is being able to stop that chatter and also Mm -hmm. being able to find, find the place of non-judgment, not judging the thought and just, yeah, like you said, watching it like a car go by that Mm -hmm. is. um, And, and that actually brings me to my next question. Is it something that needs to be practiced routinely in order to really have benefits? I think it does. And I, but,
1: but I want to, I want to, Save it in, in saying that I want to say whatever you can do each day. My friend Michelle Chalfant, um is she's a, a brilliant woman with a, a whole practice and incredible thing that she uh, modality, not modality, it's like a kind of a method of processing emotion and stuff. It's called the adult chair. Um, lots of free content on that so people can look that up too. But she has a lot of free meditation guided meditations. And I think for people starting out, that's such a great way. Like if you're like, okay, I want to, I want to explore this. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an app called um, Headspace, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. It's not, there's nothing woo woo or like religious or weird spiritual, anything for anybody that's concerned about that. It's very much just learning how to get, how to quiet your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit, and I really I I think the man that does that, he's got a really great way of just kind of gently walking you through. Yeah. I started on Headspace. Did you? Yeah, Yeah. I love Headspace. And then um, and then Michelle has a lot of guided meditations that are really nice and they're very specific for emotional stuff, but she's even got a one-minute meditation (laughs) because she had she's a counselor too, and she had clients who were like, I don't have time, and she was like, Oh, yeah. I'm gonna make a one minute meditation for you. <laughs> she yeah. did. So you could actually, and you can find, you can find her on YouTube too, but, um, and it's all free, but, um, but sometimes guided meditations are really nice. So for those of us who yeah. um, are challenged with brain racing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, ADHD type, you know, activity, then sometimes starting with a guided meditation like that is really, really nice. And Headspace is that as well. Like there are guided meditations and he really, yeah, I think that's a great place to go um, mm-hmm. for be, for really beginning. And, and I think anything that we're going to do, making a practice of it, um, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, an hour or 30 minutes. I mean, start with just a few minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of habit stacking where, okay, I always, for me, I wake up in the morning, I get my water with, I put, and I know we're going to talk about oils too, (laughs) do my, (laughs) I take a Terrazyme and I take, I put, you know, grapefruit or, or lemon or something in my water. And I drink that first. And that's a time where I can, Oh, I could just add into that. I'm going to sit down and put my earbuds in and put headspace on for 10 minutes and just sit there for 10 minutes. And I have my water nearby if I want it. But, um, but you know, when you, when you want to try to add something new in stacking it like habit stacking is really nice. Um, it's a nice way to look at things where you go, Oh, I've got space. I could add this in here and try to make that a part of a routine. Um, because I think anything that you want to try to do can, you know, to have it really be effective, consistency really is going to be a key component
0: of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it's just like anything else when you, you know, it's like practicing and Making the muscle thicker, you know, different oh, sure. kind of muscle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You have really touched on this a lot with the idea of does it have any kind of religious connotation? Mm-hmm. And if you know, if anybody has hesitation within that, do you have any specific advice for them? Yeah, I think sometimes, not
1: always, but sometimes there can be some fear-based assumptions around something that aren't necessarily valid or they're not necessarily true in, that, in yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like you can take anything and make it bad. <laughs> like yeah. you, can take, you can take just about anything and make it go out of balance. Um, so, you know, for example, there are a lot of different types of meditation, but what we're really talking about is, is giving you, you know, you're choosing to focus on something and to really give your mind a chance to calm and that calms your nervous system down which helps you decrease your stress so we're doing it in a very specific way and um and i think that if people are willing to explore you know really looking at different types of meditation for me like my own personal is that i spend time in prayer and then for me meditation is listening and and then you know i'm connecting to my higher power to god to love and then i'm listening after that so um and that if i if i make the time for that every morning my whole day goes better
0: yeah me <laughs> and, too
1: and if i wake up and i've already got stuff in my head or there's already like something else going on in the house which generally there isn't because i'm usually
0: pretty the much the first up. person
1: up, you know, and if yeah. my husband is up at the same time, it's because he's leaving for work. So, you know, I usually have, I usually have quiet at this, at this stage of my life because my children are grown. But, um, but anyway, if I get up and I'm like, oh, I forgot, I got to do this thing. And I let that take off like in my day. And I just run off into my day. Then things are kind of all over the place for me. But if I start out with, and I give myself at least that 10 minutes, it's usually 30 minutes for me now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to work up to that, you know, Um, but that really makes a difference. It really helps calm and center me and get my mind um, in a place where I can really be in charge (laughs) rather than all of the crazy thoughts taking me on a roller coaster ride, you know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Centering. really, Yeah, exactly.
1: So, so that's what meditation is for me. I realize there are so many people out there that are doing all different types of meditation and, and you really, of course you need to honor what you feel comfortable with and what you are, are drawn to, but I, but I do want to encourage people to really look into it. Cause there's a lot of ways to look at that. So
0: cool. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, breath work is really important. It's one of the key things that kind of keeps you from those racing thoughts. So using mm-hmm. the breath and meditation in, and breath work is also a practice on its own too. It so tell us more about that. Yeah. So, um, and it's interesting
1: because some people, I think for the most part, um, you know, if we realize that we're stressed, um, then we're, we're going to have a lot of different things happening and we're probably not breathing correctly. (laughs) Um, And so for some people, they can just go, you can talk to them about diaphragmatic breathing and things and they go, oh, they get it and they can just do it. That's not the case for most of us. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time, we need to actually have the opportunity to be, uh, to work with somebody who can walk us through uh, some different ways of breathing. And there are a lot of them. And I mean, with taking a certain number of counts in and out, holding the posture that you're sitting in or lying down, learning how to breathe through like the di- diaphragmatic breathing, where you're allowing because really our chest, actually, when we inhale, our chest should never move. So if you take a deep breath in and your shoulders and everything goes up, then I hate to say this, but you're doing it wrong. And most everybody Mm -hmm. is, so so it's, and and what's happening, I'll explain what's happening, is the diaphragm, it's this big muscle that goes Mm -hmm. under the lungs, okay? Mm -hmm. And what it does is our lungs don't inhale, they don't inflate like balloons. It's actually a vacuum mechanism. So the diaphragm pulls down, or hopefully (laughs) if it's released, it's pulling down and you're drawing air in. And so as the diaphragm pushes down then it's pushing down on those digestive organs, right? And so then your belly should actually go out as you inhale and then it comes back up as we exhale. Um, and that would mean that your chest shouldn't need to move, but if the diaphragm, you know, this is big muscle, if it's really tight and restricted, then our chest has to move because if it's not moving down, then the expansion has to go out, you know, in the ribs. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that can happen, which would be, and this could be an indicator that breath work would be a great thing for you to focus on is if you ever have acid reflux, if you ever have any kind of pain or discomfort after you eat up in your, in your stomach, kind of like right under your rib cage, Mm -hmm. um, that can, those can be indicators of a, of your diaphragm being too tight. And so a body work person can work with you on that. A breath work person can, can help you with that as well, but really learning how to release and get into that breath is going to be very important. The other component of this is that if we are not breathing effectively, the survival mechanism of the brain knows it. And that actually sends it into a further stress response in the body. If mm-hmm. we're not getting the level of oxygen that we need, then that actually makes it worse. And, it, and your breathing can become even more shallow and exacerbated, wow. so.
0: Wow, that is so interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how often should someone be working on that? I would really say daily. And again, this is going to be something that's going to be a bigger need for
1: some people than it is for others. I think everybody needs to be able to, to breathe. I did work with somebody initially um, because I had a lot of those issues myself. Um, I had a history in addition to, um, I lived with PTSD undiagnosed for over 25 years, but initially like because of trauma, but even before that happened, I was a professional ballet dancer. So like, you are so trained for your abdomen and your whole core to stay rock solid and not ever move that no dancer is breathing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part. Right. So I had, I had two things to work again. It was just like all this muscle memory that I had to like unlearn and relearn how to breathe. Properly, right, and then also calming down that um, that extended stress response, trauma response that my body was continuing to loop because of PTSD. So learning how to work through that, I really had to work with a coach. It was a powerful thing to be able to take time with somebody who could show me and and watch me and listen and really give me specific guidance on. Okay, this is good. This is, and I just did a few sessions with her. And then I just practiced every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and years later, I really do breathe correctly normally now. Um, and, I, and now I notice if my breathing shifts and that tells me, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, my body is telling me that there's a stress response happening. And then I know what to go do with that. So, so for some people like myself, yeah, you really need to work with somebody and then practice daily make it little increments that, that you can do together. Like give yourself a half hour where you, you're going to spend 10 minutes, maybe five minutes breathing, you know, or doing some breath work, five minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of like prayer and meditation um, where you're just really connecting, you know, within yourself and to your higher power. And, and then, you know, so you're just making it doable. It doesn't have to be big and complicated. It can be these little snippets initially, but again, consistency is really, it's so important because then it really becomes a part of you. And that's, what's really serving you is when we get used to like our bodies kind of go, Oh, and this becomes your new normal Mm -hmm. to breathe deeply and fully, to be able to calm your mind, very little bites of things that we just, we just work at, or just do one thing at a time. I am a big advocate of when we we're teaching children math you know initially we teach them first how to add and we don't teach them how to add complicated numbers it's 1 plus 1 so that's a great thing to remember when it comes to ourselves is choose one thing that really resonates with you that feels
0: like it's going to be what you need yeah i like that choose one thing that resonates and feels like it's what you need that's good and mm-hmm. then go at it in digestible bite size pieces, and then eventually you just work up to more. It's good. And yeah. is, there, is there a grounding exercise that you can kind of walk us through and teach us now that people might be able to implement when they are feeling that high stress trigger? Absolutely, yeah. So what you'll want to do
1: is wherever you are, if you start noticing that you're feeling pretty stressed or your mind is racing, if you notice your breathing is, has really picked up, If you are trying to talk to somebody and you're having a hard time catching your breath, that's a good indicator too. Um, So you just wanna go find a place where you can sit down and be hopefully by yourself. Um, And you'll wanna have both feet flat on the floor, have your back supported um, so that, you know, you can lean against a a chair or a sofa or something like that. Or if you need to sit on the floor, lean against the wall, (laughs) depending on where you are. and what I recommend people do is to take one hand um, and cup it around the back of your neck, where your head and neck meet. So you're not pressing in, but just you're cupping around that area. And then your sternum, which is the bone in between your rib cage and the front, down at the bottom of the sternum, then, you know, where that bone ends, then it's like where your stomach is. So you're going to cup over that little juncture too. So again, we're not pressing into these places. We're just putting our hands there. We're placing our hands there. And this actually is like, it's grounding the vagus nerve. So we're kind of grounding. It's like grounding a live wire. Well, we're going to be calming that nerve, which is your fight or flight nerve. So you can just take some nice deep breaths. If it feels more comfortable to close your eyes, then close your eyes. If that doesn't feel safe or comfortable, leave them open. And you just want to try to take some nice, slow Deep breaths at a comfortable pace where you're allowing your belly to go out as you inhale. And you just do that for a couple minutes, you know, or a few breaths. And then you can also, and we'll talk about, I know we're going to get to oils here at some point, but the other thing you can do is bring essential oils into this. And that's very helpful Mm -hmm. where you can take a couple of breaths of, um, you know, breathing in some oil. And then put your hands back to these positions and just continue breathing and just, and you really want to be able to feel the soles of your feet. And so sometimes if people have a hard time with that, when they're just sitting and like kind of calming and getting back in your bodies is the verbiage that we use because we have an energy body in our physical body. And so when we get into that fight, flight, stress response it starts to slip up and out because our body doesn't feel safe. And that actually causes your mind to race and it causes your breathing to get shallower. Um, So when we talk about getting back in our body, that's actually what we're referring to is we want to get grounded and kind of allow that your energy body to go, okay, it's all right. It's safe to be here, come back in. And, um, And so you, I love to give the 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 visualization of melting chocolate inside you. So you can imagine putting a big bar of chocolate inside the top of your head. And then Mm -hmm. as you're breathing, and you you can keep your hands in those calming spots, the back of your neck and under your sternum, and imagine melting that chocolate to coat the inside of your head, your neck, down through your whole torso, your abdomen, down your shoulders, your arms, through your fingertips, down through your seat, your legs, and then by the time that chocolate gets down to the soles of your feet, you should be able to feel your feet on the floor or the inside of your shoes or whatever. And that's a really good indicator when you can feel the soles of your feet again, that's a good indicator that, you know, you're back in your body and your nervous system is really calming. So that's yeah. something you can do anywhere, anytime.
0: That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm intrigued by, yes, the idea of, calming the vagus nerve it's like is there anything without getting too scientific is there anything <laughs> that you can like share with us about that because that's so interesting that you know, you've got this nerve that is um that is contributing to the stress and the fight or flight response yeah just placing your hands in those two positions is helping to calm it yeah it's it's really
1: wild so it the it's it's an amazing The vagus nerve is absolutely incredible. And it, I mean, everything is in the body. I'm a geek. What can I say? I just love all this stuff. But there are 12. So if you look at your brain, a couple things your brain and your mind are two different things. Okay. So your brain is basically like the computer running your body, our mind is way bigger than that. Okay. And we've got our subconscious mind, our conscious mind, but our brain has 12 cranial nerves, which are the mainframe nerves that are running the show, right? They're communicating the show through your body. And so one of them is that vagus nerve and it has multiple functions, which the other ones don't in the way that the vagus nerve does. So there is a whole lot of poly, it's called polyvagal nerve theory and it's incredible. And that's a whole nother thing to study, but that is what explains, um, it tells us all about this survival response or stress response that's carried out by what we, in, in, in scientific circles, we call it the reptilian brain or the lizard brain. And it's basically a few of the organs in the brain. So a parts of the brain, there's like a little collection of these parts that are, this is their whole job is this survival response, this stress response in the body, which we also refer to as fight or flight. And so when that gets engaged, we need really specific cues or those parts of the brain need very specific cues in order to deactivate that response. Very, very often we don't get them all. And then our body stays at a lower level of that stress response. And then the amygdala, which is one of the parts of the brain, it starts looping it. And so your body just stays in that stress response. And so then we've got, could be increased blood pressure, digestive disorders. I could go on and on. Literally like a, just a huge laundry list of different issues that are chronic for most people are at the root cause is actually this. And so if wow. we can, that's why you see so often like across the board, all of these things that you have listed for us to discuss today, meditation and breath work and um, all of these alternative quote unquote, alternative things, yeah. those are recommended all the time. And it's because if we can get this, you know, if we can get our nervous system back to rebalanced, all of those other things, the body just starts automatically healing because it's just how we're made. You know, it's just how, it's how the body works. And so if it no longer has the alarm going off, then it doesn't have to focus on surviving. It can go, okay, let's go back to fixing that digestive issue or this hormone imbalance or this, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, didn't mean to rabbit trail too far off your there, but I hope that's helpful because the reason that we're doing all of these things. And so that vagus nerve, it it runs through your TMJs, Mm -hmm. your temporomandibular joints. So I know some people say, I've got TMJ. Well, you actually have two, but it's TMJ dysfunction that people um, think of, which is compressing that nerve. And so if we have TMJ dysfunction, there's four cranial nerves in there that are getting disrupted if your jaw isn't in in proper alignment. Um, And so getting that to release is also a part of it. So there are different points in the body where there's a lot of that signaling happening, which is why putting your hands in those two places is really calming.
0: Wow, that is fascinating.
1: Interesting. I can I can ask questions all day. Um, I, I was gonna say I I could talk in rabbit trail very easily. So you got
0: to keep me in check here. <laughs> yeah. So and the speaking of you know body the places in the body. So there's body work versus energy healing. What are yes. the differences in those? That's such a great question. Um, so
1: body work, we're gonna think of you know someone's touching your body. So massage craniosacral. There's so many, I mean, there's the first two myofascial release. Um, there's so many different types of body work and that's going to involve someone having their hands on your body and manipulating soft tissue usually in some way or another. And there's a lot of different ways that that can be applied. Energy work is generally done without touching. So, and someone may have you lay on a table. I think a lot of energy workers, and myself included, I've, I've done the same thing, you, you are, you may have that person laying down on a table, and then you've got your hands kind of over them, but you're not actually touching them, or you don't need to actually touch them necessarily. Sometimes I'll put my hands on someone's ankles to help ground them if they're mm-hmm. kind of coming out of their body a bit, and it just helps bring them back in their body. Um, and as far as what is happening with energy work, I know I I had, I talked to a pastor from India one time who he, he said, oh, we call that prana healing. And basically he's like, it's the Holy spirit. It was really sweet. He, the way that he knew that, but it's, you know, you're laying your hands on someone and you're, um, or over them for the purpose of healing. And, um, and so there are a lot of ways that that, that can be done. I think it's important to know if you're going to go to a practitioner that does that. I think for myself, from a spiritual standpoint, I want to know kind of where that person is firing from because you're, you're opening yourself up to, to someone and what their, you know, what their thoughts and ideologies are about all of that. And, and even with massage and bodywork, that it's important to know who you're going to. I think we kind of can be a bit dismissive about that sometimes, but it's something to, you know, put yourself on someone's table. And I, I don't, I don't just randomly schedule sessions with just anybody. I get referrals and I will, I'll try to make sure I know something about whoever that is that I'm going to. And so I just, I just think that's a good guideline across the board.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, but
1: that's sort of the difference now with body work. Is there an energetic modality to what's happening? Absolutely. There certainly is. There's always an exchange, but the difference between what people generally consider body work versus energy work would be either hands-on or hands-off, but there's definitely an energetic component to body work as
0: well. Yeah. There's that, that exchange. The exchange. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about what each of them do for the body, for stress, for any and all of the above? Yeah. Um, So there are great benefits to, to
1: both. So there's a lot of different types of body work. Let's start with that. So I, I originally got a, uh, a massage license because I didn't want to do massage. I wanted to do some other modalities that would require me to have my hands on someone. And so I needed a, a license to touch, so to speak. But what I learned, I went, I was really fortunate to go to the school that I did because it was actually medical school so we we were trained with the doctoral students and went through the same anatomy and physiology and pathology and all of that stuff because what they told us was that okay even though you're not allowed to diagnose you have to be able to diagnose somebody so that you don't hurt them because Mm -hmm. massage has a lot of contraindications and people don't know that massage could be dangerous to them if they have high blood pressure, that's not properly medicated, or they've got, um, blood clots in their legs, or they've, you know, like there's different things that, that could be going on little, you know, underlying, you know, or some chronic conditions or things like that. So a good massage therapist needs to, they need to be able to know all of that and read the intake and go okay, I can do this. I can't do that. You know, that you need to be able to know those things. So that's something to be aware of. There's certain modalities that the reason that it would be dangerous would be for somebody with high blood pressure, that's uncontrolled to receive a massage is because massage is going to increase your circulation. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want that (laughs) if somebody's already got high blood pressure and it's not controlled properly. So that's one example. So, There's, um, increase in circulation, which for some people is really needed. And it's, it's actually a good thing for most people. It's Mm going to help move lymphatic fluid, which your lymphatic system is your body's trash can. We want that moving. We want that system because it's constantly collecting toxins throughout your body and and then emptying that out. So we want that to be flowing. Um, it's going to help. It can help with joint mobility and, and just generally, feeling good. It can be very, very good for obviously sore muscles, athletes, those sorts of things, kids with growing pains. Gosh, it's great if mom or dad can like give them a little leg rub down, um, you yeah. know, and, uh, and things like that. So there's, there's so much that's, that's beneficial to massage specifically. And then there are a whole host of other bodywork modalities that have fewer contraindications or no contraindications where we're really working with the, the body work modality that I specialize in is called NST um, or Bowen technique. And it, it's really working with the connective tissue system. So tendons, ligaments, and fascia, and it's getting all of that, the opportunity to release, which in turn allows the endocrine system, the digestive system, the cardiovascular, like literally every system lymphatic to release and flow. And, and it's just, it's, it's sort of a like it helps your alignment. It gives gives your body the opportunity to realign very gently and at its own pace. So that there are no contraindications because it's not forceful. So mm-hmm. there's some bodywork techniques like that that are much more kind of giving the body something. And then your body gets to unwind and you know at its own pace. And then there's some that are more forceful, like massage or rolfing or something like that, where they're doing a specific thing, but it's more forceful. So there's those components to body work. The other thing is just having another connection with another person. And that's very therapeutic too. And then for people who maybe are touch averse, maybe they've been hurt before, you know, they've experienced trauma and any number of reasons um, that someone just isn't comfortable being touched. Well, then energy work can accomplish a lot of the same things with hands off. And that's amazing that, you know, for, for the people that they're not as comfortable with the idea of, of being touched. You know, when I work with people, they keep their clothes on. We don't, we don't disrobe, but for massage, usually you're getting undressed and under sheets and blankets and, you know, and everything is kept covered unless it's being worked on, but you know, that doesn't work for everyone. Um, so it's, it's great that there's a variety of, of things
0: that you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes. And tell us more about the work that you do in your practice. What kind of, what kind of relief do your clients usually feel? Mm. Um, Yeah. So what I've,
1: it's, it's interesting over the years I've done, I'm, I'm sort of an education junkie. I have gone and done so many different certification <laughs> trainings for so many different things. So really what I do now is a it's it's really a distillation of a bunch of different modalities. Um, and so the the hands-on part that I do is maintained that's always been the same, that really has never changed. And that is, it's called NST. It's a form of Bowen technique, which is a whole nother conversation. So people can go look that up if they want to, but it's very, very gentle. Um, it almost feels for a lot of people, they feel they're shocked by how much relief they experience because it feels like I'm barely touching them because it's, it's very light. uh, It's very light, gentle manipulation. And so, but in addition to that, uh, because of the, how much thoughts, emotions, and beliefs are actually creating what's happening in the body, it's Mm -hmm. so important to attend to those. And so I will really use my intuitive gifts of, you know, things that come up, I use muscle testing. Um, and then I, I will really constantly be assessing throughout the session. Um, what's the next thing that's coming up for what's the next thing this person needs so that I'm really honoring what the process of, uh, for them is in that moment, because mm-hmm. it might be starting with some of that bodywork technique. It often is we start there, and then I check and sometimes maybe there's a trapped emotion that needs to be released. Maybe there's a generational thing that's, that's coming up that we need to release. Um, and so there's a few different sort of diagnostic things that I go through. Um, the energy, um, emotion code, body code um, and German new medicine are sort of the things that I, I use first. Key wellness tonics um, is another thing that I use and that those, those energies, it's vibrational medicine that's incredibly powerful and gentle at the same time at really helping to release those, those energies that get stuck in the physical body of like trapped emotions and, and false beliefs and things like that, that, that just aren't serving you and need to, to go, they're just interference. And so, um, so I end up testing through a lot of that stuff and, and kind of weave that into a session. It's very calming and soothing. The person on the table um, a lot of times I just sort of see everything leaving, like they just release things. Sometimes if, if there's something that their subconscious mind wants them to connect consciously to, to, in order to really let go of something, then it'll come up and then I'll go through those tools and we'll figure out, okay, what, what is the specific emotion or, you know, what's the thing that's going on here that needs to be released. So, but it, you don't always need to know. So shoot, if you don't need to know, let's just keep going. So I, you know, I don't, I don't go digging and prying. I, I just really try to honor what's needed in that session.
0: That is so interesting. I'm going to have to have you on another time to just talk about that because just that idea of being able to release, you know, release pent up emotions. And you talked about generational stress and, you know, all these different Mm -hmm. things like, wow, that's yeah. Yeah. It is truly fascinating. So we will definitely table that for another time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know getting into oils and then we write it, cut kind of, Yes. We were both like es- essential oil junkies. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, when did you first get into essential oils? Um,
1: I was probably first introduced to them. I mean, I think I had heard of them prior to going into school and I just thought, okay, it's a nice smell. Like I didn't know that it wasn't just a fragrance, you know? And then I ended up when I was in school, I had to, I actually, we had to do an aromatherapy certification course as a part of our our training at that particular university. And so that was where I really learned a lot. At the time, there wasn't a whole, like there really weren't good oils available available in the U S and I didn't know that, but I was about to find that out pretty quickly because just as I started using them and I was also beginning my journey um, of education in vibrational medicine, they weren't measuring up to the vibration that they were supposed to have. And, and so then they didn't smell right when I'd order them again. So I ended up importing, I found some oils I could import from Europe. They were blends. And then I was introduced to doTERRA and that was when I went, ah, okay, (laughs) because you could actually look vibrationally at doTERRA's oils and they're, they're perfect. They're pure. Um, And so then I knew, ah, now we have something that's truly therapeutic and it was working beyond just the physical. It was really, they really actually help emotion shift as well. Um, And they can, they really do work in those layers of the energetic body. Um, in thoughts and emotions and things too, as far as just helping you find truth um, and releasing what isn't serving you and what isn't true. So they're really amazing. And and incredibly, they're really the fastest way to calm the nervous system down. Probably the biggest thing to talk about for this episode really is, you know, that I I mentioned that survival part of the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the amygdala, which I, which I mentioned, that's kind of where things loop and where fear happens and, and starts, you know, that's where the freak out in the brain happens is in there. And we've got olfactory receptors in that part of the brain. And so the fastest way to start calming things down is to grab one of those beautiful oils. I love wild orange as a first one for this um, to, you know, put a drop in your hands, rub your hands together, cup your hands over your nose and mouth, and then just inhale. Um, and that is going to give those signals directly to the brain instantly to help it calm down. I find essential oils to be an absolute key and crucial part of overall health and wellness when they're these good medical grade oils, because we really, they're, they're incredibly powerful and gentle. They don't force something to happen in the body. They just give your body something that it needs so that then it can carry out the processes that it wants to do so they're great i just i love them yeah they can yeah the body can find its own balance exactly yeah they're just very supportive they don't yeah they don't force something to happen which is where you get side effects and healing crises and you know what i mean that's when that kind of stuff starts
0: coming into the picture which we definitely want to avoid so Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, you know, the the wild orange for for stress and for that yeah. um, brain loops. What other are there any other oils for stress and overwhelm versus anxiety? Should we be looking at two different things or and it, and personally I know that there are a ton of oils. Yeah, so <laughs> many. But I want to hear your expert
1: recommendation. Okay. Well, in my experience so far. I yeah. always like to say that when somebody says the word expert, I'm like, okay, in my experience so far, I don't consider myself an expert, but I understand why I get that. Um, I get that label, but I, I would say there are, cause there are, oh gosh, there's so many different oils. And so many of them have these amazing components for dealing with stress that there are, you're absolutely right. There are different types of stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way that the body or the brain carries that out is pretty much the same, like it has, it's like, okay, we're in danger for this reason. This is the response we're going to have response A. We're in danger for this other reason, response A. It's like, it's always kind of like doing the same thing. Yeah. So because of that, we can really just kind of focus more on oils that it's really finding the oil or or blend or combination of different oils that works best for you. Wild orange is a heavy hitter. It works for so many people. Um, and it's great for uplifting the mood and calming the nervous system at the same time. So for people who are dealing with anxiety and depression, which is really, really super common, um, it's a great one to start with. There's a, they looked at all of these. They had actually a team of experts in aromatherapy, neurology, psychiatry. Like All of these experts came together to look at how the essential oils were working with that whole collection of those parts of the brain that I referred to um, Mm -hmm. that we call the the reptilian brain or the survival brain. And each part had an essential oil that worked best with it. And so they figured out the formulation to put all of those oils together and they created a blend and it's called adaptive. And it's amazing. And so that oil has been life-changing for thousands and thousands of people Over the last, like, it's just been like a little over a year since it was released. Um, And that has been life-changing for people across the globe. It's been amazing. Um, So that's a great one. Those are kind of the first two that I recommend that people try. Mm -hmm. Um, I've given people both and I've had most people, I think, love Adaptive. And I have a couple of people that liked Wild Orange better. And that was just the oil for them. I've worked with combat veterans. And lemongrass was a really, really big one for most of my combat veterans that I worked with frankincense is wonderful. Green mandarin is another great one. The the list goes on and on and on. There's so many, but if we're just going to talk about the
0: first couple to recommend, Mm -hmm. those would be the ones that I would recommend. Yeah. So wild orange and adaptive and Mm -hmm. lemongrass. And that is interesting that you found more success in this certain population versus others with that one oil.
1: Yeah. I I think lemongrass is also considered um, the, the sage, of essential oils it's really effective at getting rid of negative energy or dark energy so a lot of the combat vets that I worked with they dealt with that the other thing that that um the population that had lemongrass in common was mm-hmm. anybody who had experienced experienced asphyxia mm-hmm. where they couldn't breathe they were either whether they were being strangled or whether it was an explosion that caused them to be unable to breathe mm-hmm. um the lemongrass tended to, and again, I, not for every single person, but for s- most of the people in that group,
0: mm-hmm. in that
1: subgroup, it just, in my practice, this has just been my own personal experience clinically. And I know that's a lemongrass can be a really, I know a couple different practitioners who just diffuse it in their offices because mm-hmm. people are always letting go of what isn't serving them. Right. So lemongrass is a great thing to help kind of clear that stuff out. So it's a good one at nighttime. If people have difficulty with bad dreams, um, nightmares, things like that. Lemongrass and juniper berry are both good for those things too. So, so cool.
0: So interesting. Oh, I we that. could
1: talk for hours about oils. You and I, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So we'll, we'll make ourselves stop and get into other stuff. So yes, yes. Sound baths are our chakra system and crystal healing. Yes. And I know this is all, you know, all in terms of vibrational as well. Yeah. What can you share with us on those topics?
1: I I would say okay, so all of those, and then I think, and it didn't occur to me before, right in this moment, but music should be put in here too. Um, I mean, in with with what we're talking about here, so Mm -hmm. sound baths are um, that you know, gosh, sound is healing. Um, and it can be destructive. (laughs) So, you know, um, sound baths are, there are people who are just, they spend years training, um, and learning how to create these sound baths and using singing bowls and all sorts of things. And they're really, again, this is it's vibration. Everything is energy. (laughs) Everything has its own specific vibration. And when we um, when we tune something to like, there are certain frequencies, even that create um, healing that help DNA repair, you may, you can, you can actually go on to like iTunes or Spotify or one of those and put in 420 megahertz or five, 580. I think is, I don't know. There's a bunch of different ones and people have actually, um, I guess most instruments are tuned to 440. Is that right? I'm married to a musician. I should just go ask him because I should yeah. have done that before, but I didn't think about it until right now. But yeah. he, um, but, but, you know, instruments are tuned to a certain frequency. So there's a whole section of these apps and things that you'll find where people, all these musicians have gone and retuned their instruments to this other frequency. And then they're playing songs that you know or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just through a different frequency that's actually healing to your nervous system. It's amazing. So that's the same principle when we're talking about sound baths, Mm -hmm. um, singing bowls, any, you know, so music, all of those things, this is all vibrational. Okay. And that's, again, we're here, we're taking that in through our auditory system, but that's what we're focused on. It is impacting your entire body um, in a positive way. So if that's something that you, your ears perk up and you're like, ooh, that sounds good. I want to find out about that. Then, you know, again, that's something you're being drawn to. That's probably going to be really good for you. So um, certainly explore that. Chakras, they're just energy centers and it's it's not a religious thing. It just sort of is what it is. It's like the, the different electrical meridians that the, the Chinese medicine lays out. It's not because I've heard people say, "Oh, that's dangerous." It, it's you know, well, you can make it weird, but it, <laughs> but it's actually just the electrical um, system of the body. And you know, as far as those different meridians, they're literally twelve different electrical pathways in your body. They're just there. And then chakras, uh, the same thing. They're they are energy centers that are in our body, um, and it's it's connecting. Um, so I work in energy medicine and research and development and um with a company called Advanced Science. And so one of the things that we look at is we're seeing that those energy we just refer to them as energy centers um because that's what they are, but they are actually helping to connect those outer, those other planes of energy of your your emotions, your thoughts, your beliefs. Um, and some of the other planes and dimensions of energy, those are actually connecting into your physical body through those energy centers. So there it's really fascinating to see the, to see the framework of it energetically and see how that all works. Um, because it's just there. Very often, if that, if that particular energy center, so say your sacral energy center mm-hmm. is really locked up and you know, then there's certain things that that enter, where that are really all about that energy center. So creativity, sexuality, finance, a lot of those sorts of things are happening there in your so in that in your solar plexus energy center. Mm-hmm. A lot of things going on there about self-confidence, about work, you know, your heart energy center, emotional things, your throat energy center, your voice. So we can look at all those different energy centers and kind of find you know, if if there's something going on there and if there's disruption long enough, then you may end up having some physical ailments associated with that,
0: mm-hmm. with
1: that, with that particular energy center. So it can be a great way to really diagnostically go, okay, well, if I'm having a physical problem that is kind of rooted from that energy center, what are the emotional components of that? What are, the, you know, let's look at that because maybe there's something for me to explore there. And I guarantee you if there is, and you do that work, the physical thing resolves, um, almost every single time. Sometimes it's complica- it's more complicated and you need to look at a few things together, but that's a big part of what I do is help people find those things because it, it's really, when we have a physical symptom, there's, there's usually an emotional, um, you know, root or thought or a belief or something like that, or a collection of things going on that we, that we need to take a look at and, and get rid of. And then the physical body is relieved and goes, oh, okay. And it can, it can heal that. Go back to balance. Yeah. 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 So interesting.
0: So interesting. Yes. So, and
1: crystal healing again, same type of thing again, vibrational. So um, the thing that I want to, I want to express about those is that literally every everything in existence has its own unique vibration its own signature and so the different rocks and minerals and gemstones and crystals they all do and and yeah you can make them weird and you can do crazy stuff around it but if you just look at it for what it is it's all like we've we've got all the stuff that that really is there to help support us our physical body and we can And we can allow those tools to be a support and we don't have to make it anything beyond that. And I use something called mica. I have these little, it looks like you would think it's a heating pad but you don't heat it or cool it down. It just does it by itself. So it's got pulverized mica um, in it and mica, or I think some people call it laminar crystals it, it is, it has these properties. It literally is one of the only natural substances that it functions as an electrical conductor and insulator simultaneously. That shouldn't be possible, <laughs> but it does. So you, you lay it, I lay it on somebody and it's actually shielding you from the, from like the electrical pollution, so to speak, the electrical stressors or the Wi-Fi around the body ambiently. So it's, So the body immediately starts to relax because it's being shielded from that. And then it's conducting the energy in your, you know, in your body so that your body can go, Oh, I have the support. Oh, I'm going to draw this inflammation away from here. I'm going to help this muscles, these muscles relax now. So it's really amazing. I had it laid out on somebody the other day and um, it's like, it's, I have it, it's long. And so um, she thought that I had put an ice pack on her upper back and a heating pad on her sacrum. And it was just this one thing, but that was what her body was doing in response to it. So again, it's literally a pulverized rock. (laughs) That's all it is fabric, you know, but that's an example of how those things can be supportive to our bodies. And we're not, I'm not making it weird and spiritual and literally just a thing that that's just what it does. So they're great. Yeah. They're great tools. And of course, you know, there's, I'm, I'm giving you very simplistic explanations of things here, but you can certainly go. I really encourage you to go research anything that, that kind of stood out to you today.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Whatever, whatever resonates, go dive in and do your own Mm -hmm. research. And, and if you are interested, you can also contact Annie and talk to her more about all of this. So let us know where, where can they find you? Where can they follow you and contact you? Awesome.
1: I am on, um, I haven't been terribly active on Instagram the last few months, I'll admit, but I am there and I, I am going to get back into posting more there. Um, and I'm, it's Annie Berner. So A-N-N-I-E-B-O-E-R-N-E-R. Um, and that is also my website, annieburner.com. And oh, I really, I would love to invite you. If you want to go over there, I actually have a free ebook on stress and overcoming anxiety. So you are welcome to download that from my website. It should be a little pop-up and you just put in your email address and then it'll send you the link for the book. Um, I never email anybody, so you don't have to worry about getting a bunch of stuff from me. I literally, I set that up and I literally have not sent out one email to anybody on that list and it's been up for a year. So you're safe. As far as that goes, um, you will get, when I do have some courses coming out, um, at the beginning of 2021. So I will send, um, I mean, you might get something once a month when I get that going, but it won't be more than that because I can't stand getting just inundated with emails. So I'm not, I'm just not going to do that, but I'll give you information about, okay, this is happening, but it would be once a month. So Mm -hmm. just full disclosure there.
0: Yes. Those courses sound really cool. I'm excited about that. I am excited too. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for all of your knowledge. You're like a vault of knowledge. I love it.
1: Thank (laughs) Thank you you so much for having me on. It's it's a privilege to get these opportunities and especially with you, Catherine. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And you guys, y'all have a great week and thank you for joining us. Does it resonate with you to take care of this body that you're in, to feed it well, to respect it and to love it? But maybe you just can't quite get there. Can't quite allow yourself to find it. Are you beating yourself up with thoughts in your head, of body shaming, and I shouldn't eat this and I should eat that and this is too fat and I don't like that. Guys, it is not supposed to be this way. You are your most beautiful gift and your body is part of that. I want to teach you how to love it, how to change that language in your head, how to heal the past and guide the future with your own personal truths. These truths that you have always had, but long since forgotten. I want you to explore your potential, heal your health and rediscover you. It is time And this journey is ready for you. It is called Love the Skin You're In. And it is a program, a three-month health program that can help you find the journey back to yourself. So if you're having some trouble just making time for self-care, giving yourself permission to take care of you, if you're having some trouble with the negative thoughts that just kind of continue on a loop in your head, and maybe it's time to reach out and discover this program. Discover what it can do for you. I encourage you to email me at Catherine at Teacher to Teacher to learn more about this program and see if it might be something that you're truly ready for. At Teacher to Teacher Wellness. We are committed to helping you to reignite the light within. Thank you for joining us today and head on over to that online community at teacher where you will find plenty of resources to help you in your journey and encourage you to reignite the light within. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.